All right, welcome on into the Internalen Show, episode 16. It is 10-16 Tuesday, oops, getting Wednesday night. I'm at the University of Miami in my teacher's office. Um, packed show today, so let's get right on into it. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just do it. Uh, Vikings, Vikings NFL, Timberwolves, college football, World Series briefly post game so a lot to get through so let's go right away um the minnesota vikings are so back we monday night in case you were living under a rock beat the niners the 22 to 17 did i make that up did i make that up let me see let me see that feels right 22 to 17 that is right um where to start? Um, I guess we'll start with what it means. Just a huge win for the Vikings. Um, for a team that has looked not great for most of the year, um, to have a sort of signature-ish win against a good opponent, one of the best opponents in the NFC. They've been, I'd say they lost last week to a Browns team, but whatever. Um to sort of show, okay, this is who this team is. Finally play a complete game. Finally play sort of relatively mistake-free. Even though we're missing Justin Jefferson and we're missing Jordan Addison for a good portion of the second half, the offense still looks good. Defense gets moved on a lot, but it can make play, has made a lot of plays turnover-wise in the last four games. Made those plays to win the game again tonight. Um... I wasn't super happy with the Carolina win or the Chicago win, but with this win, we're now three and one in our last four after starting zero and three. So you can't, you literally cannot complain about that. And we've beaten a good team um, and did so in an impressive fashion. So as far as I'm concerned, like I'm back in. I'm not saying like we're good, but the f- schedule ahead is looking very good, very easy. A lot of winnable games coming up. Got to beat what is a pretty bad Packers team next week. Um, but we went from, if we lose this game, it's expected and we're still out and we're still shit at two and five to we're one game out of 500, only a couple out of playoff sort of ideas and really good schedule coming up and we just beat like a really good team. So as far as I'm concerned with this game, I sort of shifted almost 180 how I feel about this team. Probably not 180, but um, I was feeling pretty down, feeling pretty like kind of gross. This team is no fun to – this got a lot more interesting. Let's see what happens. Um, it's funny, Loon Schmidt um, texted in the Loon chat like afternoon or early evening before the game. Or no, it was on uh, it was on Sunday about like what who to bet in the Lions game, and yeah, it was like Sunday morning or something. Who to bet in the Lions game? And he's like, I think Detroit, but I don't want to bet them because I still think the Vikings can win the win the division. And I like called him stupid. I said you're you're dumb. I he was like that's delusional or whatever. And then I was like that's one word for it. Stupid is another word. Um. And just like that, the Lions got destroyed by the Ravens and didn't look good. And the Vikings looked good and beat a good Niners team. So all of a sudden, I was all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking a little bit stupid for for doubting so much. I feel, I feel like I tend to forget how long the season is, and I'm like, okay, well, we're on three. We're never going to come back. Um, we're almost all the way back now. So we'll see. Um, let's go to the game itself. We've faced the Niners a bunch. It's an NFC foe. We've beat, played some of the playoffs and lost to them in the playoffs recently. Um, also, the Niners have been, you know, one of the more, I guess, one of the more premier teams in the NFC over the past few years. So I've watched a decent amount of Niners games. Um, so my expectation for this game was for us to get kind of owned and kind of daddied on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Um, 
did not expect the O-line to to um, be able to hold their own much against Nick Bosa, right? Yeah, it's Nick and Joey's on the Chargers. Um, and some of that other front seven. Um, expected Fred Warner to eat our lunch a little bit. Um, and then on the offensive or on the defensive end, I expected their O-line to kill us because that's kind of how this team is built. Um, and guys like George Kittle um, sort of adding in on the just like out physicaling us in general. That's what I expect because that's what the Niners do. They out physical you, they run the ball really well, and then they have really diverse, really good football players at all their like weapon spots um, to make the big plays when you need to, but also like the little blocking plays, the little, um, yeah, sort of just knowing your assignment and being a really good physical athlete. Um, I expected that to happen because that's the type of shit that we are not good at. We don't, at least the past few years, really, really move people on the offensive line or really, really, um, with the exception of Daniel Hunter, get a lot of pass rush and we don't make the little things happen. Um, so I expected all of those things to sort of go against us and for it to be kind of a, a bit of a domination in kind of the way that we got dominated by the Eagles, a very similar Eagles team last year. Um, and that didn't happen. Partially because it was a Monday night game, standalone game. I was had a, an eye on the World Series, or not the World Series, the ALCS game seven too, but I was able to watch, you know, ooh. By the way, I'm watching the uh, Dallas-San Antonio game right now, Wimbanyama's debut. Um, so if I react to anything, that's what I'm reacting. Luca just missed a buzzer beater three that would would have been kind of sick. Um, but first quarter buzzer beater, that is. So who really cares? Anyway, um, usually I watch the Vikings alongside the red zone, so I got kind of an eye on each. Um Checking out how my fantasy team's doing, watching the other some some of the other games, and then also watching the Vikings. Um, sometimes I fall asleep. Full disclosure, but that's because you know whatever. Um, this Monday night game, um, it was obviously the only focus. This World Series or CS game on the side, but I wasn't paying that much attention. Just checking the score every now and then. Um, because it wasn't very close. And so when I'm able to watch a football game and it's just one football game and I'm just watching that, you watch a little differently. So I like knowing that the offensive line or like the trenches in general were a focus of mine in terms of like what I expected to see from the Niners versus what I expected to see from the Vikings. I pretty much watched how the every, especially when we're on offense, watched how the O-line held up every single play. And... Um, was very surprised to see a pretty clean pocket for most of the most of the game, and Kirk I don't believe was sacked, which is pretty rare for this year in general. Um, Reisner's first game as well too, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But um, Ed Ingram played played well. Darisaw played great against Nick Bosa at times. Um, in general, the pocket was pretty clean, and if you get Kirk a clean pocket, he is a really good quarterback, and he showed that today. Um, well over 300 yards. I don't remember the exact total. I can peek at it again here. Um, but living in clean pockets, finding weapons that haven't been found recently, um, or ever really. Justin Jefferson gone. Can't rely on him. But Brandon Powell had a huge game. Addison was huge. Um, Addison had a bigger game, obviously. But Brandon Powell stands out as somebody who hasn't really done it much this year wasn't even playing when Justin Jefferson was in Saw a little bit of Tristan Jackson for a second when Addison himself went out so um let me check this out Kirk had 378 yards so closer to 400 um two touchdowns and a pick um yeah I mean where I where I expected the the team to get sort of sort of manhandled in the trenches, we didn't. Um, and even on defense, too, like, um, I don't know if we got any sacks. Nope. But especially late in the game, Purdy was sort of scrambling a lot, sort of off-platform a lot, and that led to a couple of those picks. Um, boop, 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 boop. 
Did we get a... We got one sack. Daniel Hunter. Who else? Uh, by the way, he's sneaky playing really, really good this year. Um, but yeah. Um, also in the past, like the Niners just... They absolutely destroy us in the run game. Um, they um, are big. I'm not. I'm not an X's and O's guys. I'm not an X's and O's guy. But Niners use a lot of zone run. With Trent Williams um, and those other guys they have. Um, it's why just like random dudes like Jeff Wilson Jr. used to just go off for them, and that's why he goes off for Miami. By the way, because. Mike McDaniels does the same thing. Um, and Mike Zimmer's defense used to be just terrible against the zone run because so much of it was focused around in the A-gaps, the double A-gap thing that he did all the time. Um, and so expecting, even though obviously I know that the defense is different, Brian Flores, whatever, um, just expecting to sort of get owned and run on really badly and – to have them run for 65 total yards against us was, I mean, it was incredible. Um, you know, McCaffrey had one sort of breakaway and then, but like 14 carries of nothing. He had that one carry. Um, wait, no, that one breakaway. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. He had 35 yard touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But his long run was um, thirty-five yard touchdown was a reception. Uh, but his one, his longest run was nine yards. He had fifteen carries for forty-five yards, just three per carry. It's not good. It's certainly not what you expect from a guy like McCaffrey, and in an offense like this. Um, so yeah, I just really, really shocked um, that on both ends we held our own and even played better in the trenches than the Niners did. Um, and yeah, it was really, really cool to see. Um, let's see. I have some other notes here. Actually, I have so many notes. I've said some of them. Um, this is, is going to end up being kind of chronological because I um, just wrote them down as I was watching. Um, did we know that like at the beginning of the game that, that we don't blow into the horn? That it's just like a dude pretends to like kiss the horn? I'm talking about like, um, they're like, oh, Dave Winfield is here. And that's who it was this week. Oh, he's going to blow the yaller horn or whatever the fuck it's called. And then they goes, or whatever. Um, and like, obviously I knew that the sound of the stadium was just like sound of the speakers, but I didn't like, I thought maybe there was something that the guy actually did like some, maybe even like a button he pressed. Cause it's kind of super fucking lame. If he just like pretends to put his lips up to the thing and then nothing happens. Cause you're like, Oh, here to do the blah, blah, blah is Dave Winfield. He, he's going to blow the horn. And then he doesn't, he just like pretends to blow the horn. And the close up camera that ESPN Monday night football had on it was just like kind of exposed that. And I was like, did we know that there was nothing that he actually does or, or did we not know that? I don't know. Um, Jerseys were looking extra purple because um, they were the all purples, but also at night in the bank. The bank has just – the jerseys look very purple in the bank. And um, it was great. I, love, I loved it. Um, the pick from Kirk at the beginning of the game, it was bad, but it's fine. I actually um, – like I was – I was jazzed up a little bit about the purple jerseys. And at home, everybody picking against us, Monday Night Football, blah, 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 blah. And I was actually like, oh, we can we can win this game. Like, I believe. I believe just a little bit. Like, who knows what will happen. We can, oh, my gosh, the hiccups. We can win this game. And then Kirk threw that pick, and I immediately gave up hope. And I am incredibly shocked that from then on, everything was good, pretty much. We turned it over right after that. And then we were the better team for four quarters after that. And so I was, you know. I literally wrote down in my notes, I believed we could win this game for exactly one minute, and that was after the pick. And then all of a sudden we were good. Um, play before the end of the half was sick. That was the next note I had. Um, 
yeah, it, it was sick. Jordan Addison got the other one taken away from him for a pick. Took this one away for a tutty. Call that even. Because actually we won that probably. Um, it was sick. It was very shocking. I was That one I was sure was a pick. And then all of a sudden I see him running to the end zone with it. I was like jumping around in my living room. Like very shocked. That was when I was like, oh, we might we might actually win this game. Because I was like, oh, we're playing well. But they'll, they'll you know. We're playing well. We look decent in the trenches, blah, blah, blah. But they might, like, they're a better team. They're going to come back. It's going to be one of them. Like, we'll keep it close, and then we'll end up losing. That's how I felt. And then we scored that, which is the kind of fluke plays that you kind of need in an upset win. And I was like, all right, we, we're winning this game. And, you know, we did. Um, Daniil Hunter's been great. People forget, I think, because the defense is something like, oh, this defense sucks. He's been consistently great. He's great again this year. I wrote down, is DJ Wanham good? Um, I have no idea the answer to that question. I just feel like I hear his name a lot, which for defensive players is a good thing. You want to hear his name. Um, somebody who knows more about the Vikings, tell me if DJ Wanham's good. Or maybe I'll Google on Twitter. Um, Google it on Twitter. What the fuck? Um, maybe I'll search it on X. Is DJ Wanham good? Um, Cam Bynum, beast. Two huge picks. A lot of those were, you know, they weren't the most difficult picks of all time. But um, a couple bad throws from Purdy, but... You got to make the play. He made the play. You know, in all three of our wins this year, the defense has made a huge play that made it that made it happen, which is actually kind of crazy considering that um, this is a, like first three games. We're like, this defense sucks. We're one of the worst defenses in the league. The defense has made, has made plays, and they looked very good in this game. Um, and I think it's really smart of Brian Flores, if if this is what he's doing, again, not an X's and O's guy, to know that this is a defense that we can be run on a little bit or it can be moved can the ball the ball can be moved on a little bit but to put guys in positions to make big plays um with some of the blitzing some of the interesting coverages he does i think it's it's a really impressive job he's done especially the last four-ish games um the worm celly is electric i also wrote shout out to loon bc also is appreciator of the worm celly um I think that happened at the first pick from Cam Bynum. Maybe it might have happened at the second. I was hopping around too much to notice if it happened. But, um, yeah, just uh, got happy Justin Jefferson on the sideline after the game. Love that. Hopefully he'll come back and play now. I imagine this team were maybe like 8-8. Eight and eight. No, just kidding. We'd have to be like, say we're like, Eight and seven. A couple weeks left to go. We get Justin Jefferson back. Boom. Now we're 10 and seven. Going to the ploffs. On the road. Road dogs. Like, I'm, I would start to believe, you know? I would be like, all right, this team, like, don't let us get one. We're going to make some scary shit happen. I would believe. I would believe that. Um, we're back. I also wrote that. That's a note I wrote. Um, Primetime Kirk, my ball sack. I also wrote that note um, in Kirk top 10. Uh, that's the last note I wrote. So, um, <laughs> yeah, primetime Kirk, my ball sack. People say he can't come in the clutch in the primetime. He was, other than the, I mean, the first throw he had was shit and a dumb decision. Slants are boring as they are. You don't throw a slant if you're not even open. Um, but anyway, other than that, he was fucking sick. Um and without a lot of, you know, not the, not the regular guys making the plays um, all the time as receivers. Hawkinson was good this game. Brandon Powell was sick, as I mentioned. Shout out to him for coming through. Um, <clears throat> Addison, obviously he's not JJ, but, you know, he's going to he's gonna do his thing for the next couple of weeks before, um, or however many weeks it is before Justin Jefferson get, gets back. Um, cool. Yeah, let me let me just look ahead at the schedule. We got the Packers next week. That's a game that if we win, like I'm not okay. Uh, whatever, it's not like a must win or whatever. And that's a different podcast thing anyway. One of my competitors, but all this sort of belief I have is gone if if we lose to the Packers next week. Now it is in Green Bay and like whatever, but three and five doesn't look good. Four and four looks a lot better. And they're a worse team than us. We should win. Their quarterback's worse than ours. We should win. 
their defense isn't even that good. We should win. Um, after that, we have the Falcons, the Saints, the Broncos, and the Bye. That's why I didn't see them. Um, wait. What happened? We don't have two buys. Oh, because we play Monday. Um, the Bears, week 12th, then by week 13. And then the Raiders. So there's a, a lot of teams. And then the Bengals, who are good, but um, which probably will be good. And at this point, we don't even know who any of these teams are at that point. But that's a lot of winnable games between now and then. And, um, yeah. And we played the Eagles and the 49ers early. And went one and one, or one and one in those. Um, did lose some winnable games as well, but also played the Chiefs. Forgot about them for a second. So, really, our schedule is pretty front-loaded. That's why we're a bad team at this point. But um, with this sort of shitty schedule coming up, or easy schedule coming up, like, there's no reason we can't make any noise. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, I'm with Loon Schmidt on that, that we might sneak into that division. Um and we'll see if the Lions are for real uh, down the stretch. Um, and by the way, on Lou Schmidt, I uh, have been watching New Girl with Loon Girlfriend. And because um, so I and this is the first time that I ever like watched the show. And um, I believe Loon Schmidt is named after Schmidt from the show. And let me just say it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot makes a lot of sense. Um, I now understand why he's called Loon Schmidt, which I haven't for all the years that the Loon state sports has existed um let's get to the rest of the games um what week is this i'm all over this was that week seven yep um jaguar saints i mentioned it in the last week's spot jaguar sneaky went three and oh after going to london they're now four and oh since then um the Saints are boring and sad, and I don't really care about them. They're, like, just good enough to be annoying, um, which means we'll probably lose to them in, like, three weeks whenever we play them. Um, the Jaguars are, I would say, pretty good at this point. Um, the offense is is, is good. Um, Doug Peterson is is a great offensive head coach. They're very, very balanced. Um, ETN's been great, and I would say Trevor Lawrence has been good enough. Um and yeah, they can defend, and it's just, it seems to, but they seem to just like have a little bit of a belief in them, and, and they like, we're going to win this game kind of thing, even though we might not be the um, most talented team all the way. I, I can't exactly tell you right now what the Jags do excellent, but they just seem to win. Um, when they need their defense, their defense comes through, and they need their offense, their offense comes through. And that type of shit's more important sometimes than being really talented, as we've seen the first couple weeks of the season for the Vikings. Um, Saints, I don't care. They're losers. Um, they're not losers, but they're losers. The Browns beat the Colts 39-38. to 38. Um, <clears throat> I watched this game on the red zone because it was on forever, um, and it was the last early game that it was still on. Um, there is no way. Um, if you watch this game, you know that the Browns should have won this game. Um, I think on, like... One of the last plays of the game, what probably would have been, like, they lose now. Um, the Browns got <laughs> a pass interference call on, like, the most uncatchable. Like, basically, he was basically throwing it out of the end zone. I'm talking to P.J. Walker was basically throwing it out of the end zone at this point. Or was that Deshaun by then? I don't even know. Um, there was, like, a little bit of a hold or whatever. Um, Wemby just hit a three. What a beast. Oh, offensive foul on the screen. Never mind. Um, who was throwing the ball? P.J. Walker, I guess. Um, and they call pass interference, even though the ball was, like, miles over the dude's head. And on the one-yard line, Kareem Hunt scored a uh, touchdown, and they lose. Justice for the Colts. That's all I'm saying. Um, not that I really care. I just, but... They should have won that game. It's annoying when the refs suck. Um, no matter who's playing. Um, 
the Colts jerseys suck though. They they look very they're they're bad. They don't look like an NFL team. They look a little bit like um like you know when uh well they look like a college team for one. They look like Duke, but um also like a cartoon, like not a cartoon. Well, I guess so. Like when uh in TV shows they put a football game on the TV, um they can't put like actual NFL or actual college games or at least not like recent ones. So sometimes they just like have overly, they just like try to like replicate it and it just look kind of looks kind of off. That's what they looked like. They just didn't look like, they looked like a commercial t- football, commercial like advertisement football team um, or like a sitcom on the TV football team, um, not an NFL football team in those jerseys. Also the C like logo on the front, it's like their alternate logo with the little Indiana in the C, and it's like whatever C for Colts, obviously. Um, it looks like they're all the captain, and they're obviously not all the captain. But you put a C on the jersey, you're a captain, and then they're all the captain. Um, anyway, who cares? Um, back to the games. Got to get back to my. There we go. Um. Patriots 29, Bills 24, or 25. I don't, um, I don't understand what happened. Then that's pretty much it. I don't, I, I think Josh Allen wants to do the thing where he's the person that makes every win happen. I think he wants to get into shootouts where we're like, oh, Josh Allen. We're like, sometimes just don't do that. And just kind of take care of the ball and run the offense. Um, but he like wasn't horrible in this game either. But like, I don't know. Um, I don't understand how Max Jones went 25 or 30 for 272 yards and two touchdowns. I really don't get that. Because he's been a really, really bad football player for the entire year. And all of a sudden, just like a really clean game out of nowhere. Um, to beat a good opponent. Um and, like, scoring late to get the dot, like, like, he looked like a, he looked, he might have played better than Josh, he played better than Josh Allen. You don't, like, Mac Jones isn't supposed to come in and, and play better than Josh Allen. I don't get what's supposed to, I don't know, I don't get what happened. Um, but that's all. Um, people were calling for Belichick's head, including me, and that might have been more on the podcast that didn't exist. Um, I talked to, a little bit about how Bill Bill Belichick should be fired. Um, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think he probably still should be because I don't think this team is really going anywhere. And maybe fired isn't the word. Maybe they agreed to have him retire and do a little party thing like Kobe did. Um, But I just don't think the team is going anywhere as it's currently constructed. And this one, like, oh, hey, he still got it. Like, he's still going to game plan for a really good team. He's still going to win. Um, and he's going to make Max Jones look like fucking Dan Marino. Like, maybe we should... Like, I mean, it's like, oh, Bill still got it. But, like, Bill still having it probably isn't enough for to get this team where it needs to go. Um, offensively, the Bills something's up something's weird um they should be dominating more um i think i mean they didn't have brian dable last year but like the big huge josh allen year a lot of that was brian dable just sort of reinventing offense a little bit in terms of like yeah we're never going to run the ball we're actually going to pass it every time um and it's going to be better and i just think a little maybe a little that's gone it's been sort of done now at this point, and so it's like, okay, it's a little bit like, I don't know the word, like, it's not cool and new anymore, so it doesn't work as well. Um, anyway, who cares? Um, I'm talking too much. Got a lot of pod to talk to you. Talk through. Giants beat the Commanders, both teams stink. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I think, won that game. Um, a 14-7 to game in the NFL these days is not very common, but... Um, I don't think anybody cares about either of these teams. It's bad to only score seven points in the National Football League, but yeah. Um, 
The Ravens beat the Lions. I was not able to be, um, I had like a rehearsal or something, um, early afternoon, Sunday, so I was not able to watch the most of the early games. Um, I don't know what happened, but the Lions got beat really badly, which people are saying the Lions aren't for real. Um, I don't know if that's true, or sometimes just a game plan happens and the Ravens are we're just better that day and all of a sudden it looks really bad and maybe the Lions are still good. I think that's very possible. Um, as long as Lamar stays healthy, the Ravens can be as good as anybody. Have to see the against the Chiefs. Obviously, everything goes through that, but... Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I didn't watch the game, so maybe, like, did the Ravens figure out something that now other teams can figure out against this Ben Johnson offense and the Lions? And I think that will be interesting to see if sort of people copycat and move on from that. Um, Bears and Raiders. This game doesn't matter, obviously, either. Um, the Bears won 30-12. to 12. Uh, Las Vegas is a sad, gross team. Um, they were three and three coming into this, but they're just, it's, it's gross. Um, I don't even know who the quarterback is week to week. It was Brian Hoyer this week. Um, he lost to T-Bag, Tyson Bagent, Bagent. I don't know how to say his, um, Deontay Foreman had like 30 points for me in fantasy. Shout out to him. Um, but yeah, not a lot to say. This game was, does anybody care about the Bears and Raiders? Probably not. Does anybody care about the Falcons and Buccaneers? Probably not. Um, the Steelers beat the Rams 24-17. to 17. Um, At a certain point, the Steelers are... You have to consider them to be good. They're a 4-2. They're a 4-2 football team, the Steelers are. Um, and... Their offense is kind of disgusting and impossible to watch. Um, it's probably the most passing yards Kenny Pickett's had in years at 230. Still not a lot. Um, they just kind of throw it to George Pickens every time I hope something good happens, which when it does happen, I guess it's good, but like, it's a, one of the more disgusting offenses ever, um, especially for a good team right now. Um, it's so Mike Tomlin to just sort of somehow, some way get wins out of all this. Let me check, like, how many of these games are super fucking close? I feel like all of them. It's within a score. That's within a score. They got killed by the Texans, which, again, like, what? Um, Five-point game against the Raiders. Four-point game against the Browns. Got killed by the Niners, which is to be expected. But they're just kind of, like, winning football games, which it's very Mike Tomlin again. But, like, we're going to have to watch a Steelers playoff game where they get murdered like it's gonna have to happen they're probably gonna play the three seed in the afc something like it could be the ravens for all i know um they're gonna get killed although they just beat the ravens so i don't know i just feel like they're gonna get killed um or maybe it's something like miami and miami plays soft and pittsburgh plays hard and tj watt is the answer to a lot of this is that he is an absolute game wrecker um because I think he scored even. He didn't score, but he had a big play. I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they play a team like Miami and they just play way more physical and they, like, beat them just because they're a little soft. Uh, we'll see. Pittsburgh, interesting. I thought they were a boring, dead, shitty team that I don't want to watch, but they're actually good and interesting. So, um, Seahawks, Cardinals. The Cardinals are bad. And I have said on here that, oh, they're maybe not that horrible. Their defense is okay. They're bad. They're not good. Um, I had Geno Smith to go in this game for fantasy. Picked him off the waiver wire. Um, but he's got to score some touchdowns. But it was fine. They're still on. We're back in fantasy. Um, Broncos Packers. Oh, boy, Broncos Packers. 19-17, Denver Broncos over the Green Bay Packers. Um, the worst quarterback on the field was Jordan Love. Um, had less than 200 yards, two touchdowns, sure, and a pick. Um, but the offense in general for the Packers was really not good. Um, 
and they lost to a bad, a bad, bad, bad football team. They kind of came back a little bit, like they did. They didn't have any points in the first half, and they came back, um, scored 17 in the second, which, like, 17 and a half isn't crazy, but when you're playing the Broncos, that will get you pretty far. Um, but, yeah, late field goal for the Broncos to win it. Russell Wilson was bad again. Under 200 yards. I mean, he's relatively, I mean, not really, but, like, relatively efficient. But still under 200 yards. It's like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they, I think the Packers miss a fully healthy, fully involved Aaron Jones a little bit. Um, A.J. Dillon isn't, I mean, he looks fine, but I think there's a lot more meat on the bone that Aaron Jones could be getting. Um, they also miss playing the Bears. They killed the Bears, and they don't really kill anybody else. Um so yeah, Packers at two and four. After week one, when we lost to the Bucks and the Packers dominated the Bears, would anybody think? Actually, you probably would have thought, but um, at least where these teams feel like they started to where they are now, talking about the Packers and Vikings, feels very different. And I love it. I love it. We just got to win next week, though. Got to win next week. Um, both the Broncos and the Packers suck, but the Packers suck worse, so that's great. Um, Chargers and Chiefs. The um, rumors about um, the Chiefs' offense, um, some of the things I said on this podcast, um, being washed and overrated, and especially maybe Travis Kelsey being washed. Um, I, I'm, they're not. They're fake. Um, Travis Kelsey went for 179 yards on 12 catches and had a touchdown. His touchdown was very funny. They basically just like lifted him over the goal line. Um, but yeah, he was completely dominant the entire game. And um, that was awesome for my fantasy team, which um, Patrick Mahomes over 400 yards, four touchdowns. Um, they're back. I mean, they're back. Justin Herbert, again, wasn't very good. And it's starting to be like, is he just not good? Is he just not that good? Has he just been figured out a little bit? Um, you know, 259 yards is fine, but two picks isn't great struggled at times missed a couple like kind of easy throws he missed um went to keenan allen that would have been a touchdown i'm just flat out missed him it wasn't a hard pass um i probably could have hit him five times out of ten maybe but for an nfl player that's got to be 10 times out of 10 and he missed it um i don't i don't the Chargers defense is really really not helping him out right now um and we're going to be, we have to talk about Justin Herbert being whoever he is, even though there's a two and four football team at this point. So um, that'll be fun. Let's see who they got next. They need to get some wins here. Oh, they'll beat the Bears probably. Oh, well, if they lose to the Bears, that'd actually be hilarious. Probably beat the Jets, probably lose to the Lions, probably beat the Packers, probably lose to the Ravens. Yeah, they're going to be, yeah, I don't know. They're going to be the Chargers as they always are. Um, the Eagles beat the Dolphins in a way that um, makes it pretty clear who the Dolphins are. They will completely dominate a bad team and completely get sort of outmuscled by the good physical teams in this league, which are, you know, they're two big losses this year. Um, well, they're only two losses, but they're two sort of big prominent losses came to the Bills who, you know, haven't been great, but um, dominated them. And the Eagles, who are a dominating type of football team. Um, by the way, that Bills thing, the thing I was saying about just Josh Allen earlier, about how he wants to be in a shootout, wants to sort of do that. The Dolphins are like a perfect opponent for him in that sense. Because um, they're going to try to score a lot of points and get to shootouts because they think they can win those. Um and their defense is a little bit porous. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, the Eagles are who they are. There are There's no, like, if you're an Eagles fan, there's no concern other than Philly, the Phillies losing. Um, but yeah, the Eagles are signed, sealed, and delivered first round by in the playoffs unless an injury happens. Um, yeah, like I would be shocked, honestly, if anything else kind of happened. And they got to win the playoffs and... You know, beat 
a game plan designed specifically for them, specifically to stop them. Um, Jalen Hurts has got to be that guy in a way that he wasn't last year, so we'll see. But yeah, they're a playoff team so easily. First round by team. And that's all the games. Um, I'll take a quick water break and then we'll talk about some um, basketball. What? Okay, we're actually going to talk about college football for a second. Um, last week's college football segment, I was like, I don't know anything, so I'm going to learn about it. Um, I've been reprimanded by the um, the owners of Loon State Sports, um, my bosses, for um, not knowing enough about college football. So um, the college football segment on the show has now is now going to turn into a um, self-reporting of how much college football I watched for that week. So you know how like uh, Kyler Murray has in a contract that he has to watch a certain amount of film or whatever, and he has to like make sure they know that, or like Johnny Football, like his iPad was telling him how much film he was watching, whatever. That's gonna be me, just telling everybody how much college football I'm watching. Um, and so this week I was busy all day Saturday with things that I didn't ask to be busy with. Um, which hasn't been the case every weekend, to be honest. But um, things that I had to do. Um, it's busy most of the day, for Saturday. So um, I watched a little bit of the... Um, of the... Um, what was it? The Penn State-Ohio State game. Um, and it was boring. Both teams looked kind of shitty. Um, it's kind of a bad game. And then I watched most of the um University of Miami Clemson game. Um which by the way it's a little bit embarrassing for Clemson to lose to a Miami team that had lost two in a row and was down their starting quarterback who actually was playing well this year. Um and have the backup like be barely throwing the ball at all um to lose to that team. It's a little bit embarrassing. Um but we did kind of figure out how to throw the ball a little bit down the second half just because it kind of had to because they were chasing the game a little bit. Ended up working, go to overtime, win a double overtime. Um, <laughs> Debo Sweeney just making fun of his players or like not making fun of, but like throwing them under the bus. People asked if it was an RPO the last play um, on the goal line. He was like, no, he should have handed it off. Just throwing his player under the bus. Um, Debo Sweeney's turned into like a little bit of an embarrassing, sad head coach for a football team that is getting worse and worse every year. And that's kind of funny to me. Um, Alabama, good win. I didn't watch these games, but I just paying attention because I'm paying attention now. Um, Alabama, good win. Oklahoma, not a good win. Um, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Oh, um, Michigan, yeah, Michigan beat Michigan State by a bajillion, um, and they put Hitler on the screen. So that was um, just uh, in the in the in the realm of things you can't that can't happen. Um, putting Hitler on the screen when you have a little trivia question is maybe near the top of the list. Um, this is what I was looking for. Utah beat USC, which um, I don't know. I think I had USC as one of my playoff teams, and they're very much not that anymore. Um, any accolades that uh, Caleb Williams was going to get, they're gone now because he played bad. Um, didn't have a touchdown. I mean, he played fine. He just, team lost. Um, but, yeah. As it has been for most of this year, it seems that the teams are um, Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State. That being said, Obviously, Michigan's in a little bit of a thing. Um, from the things that I've been seeing on it, and I've seen a few things, um, they're paying a guy to scout um, hand signals from the other team like a week in advance so then they know what the hand signals are for that team. They can basically steal plays. Um, some of the video out there looks pretty bad. 
And so, like, you have to wonder this whole Michigan being good now thing. Um, how much of it is that? And I feel like stuff like this usually gets just, like, blown way out of proportion. Um, but I don't know. And it's, like, Michigan's been very good this year and was pretty good last year, but then really, really didn't show up in a game against TCU last year. And so um, you just wonder. That's the type of thing that's like, oh, okay, well, maybe they didn't have signals that game. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen with it. I assume they're going to be um, punished in some way. Um, and I imagine there's a lot more information to come out about it. But we'll see. It's kind of a big watch this space with the second, you know, right now the second-ranked team in the country. It's kind of wild to have them sort of be under – this level of, like, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, yeah, so that's college football. I continue to be the um, foremost college football expert in the world. Um, yeah, so let's, um, what should we talk about? Let's save the Wolves for last. Talk a little bit about uh, baseball. Because the World Series is coming up. Um Obviously, it's Rangers and D-backs right now. Um, feel like we kind of thought it would be the Astros and the Phillies. Um, but that's exciting, I guess. Like, it's a new team. Let me think. Uh, D-backs haven't won the World Series since 2001. And I don't believe the Rangers ever have. Um, so that'll be interesting. Like, it's nice to see a, a new team sort of win the World Series. Um, like, the Braves hadn't won since 95, I believe. And Nationals hadn't won ever. Um, so some of those it's happened recently as well. But um, getting a little tired of the Dodgers and the Astros and the, all that shit. So um, even the Red Sox, although those team, or I was cheering for them for some of those years, have won a lot recently. Um, the Rangers hit the ball like crazy. Um, they paid a lot of money. For Corey Seager, paid a lot of money for Simeon, paid a lot of money on the uh, on the um, in the trade market on the pitching side for Scherzer, um, who now seems to be like he's back now, um, and all that. And Adelise Garcia, who was somebody that they got off of waivers from Cardinals a couple years ago. Um, had turned into a multiple-time all-star and just hit 15 pumps in one series. Um, that's not true. Not 15 pumps. It was 15 ribbies. But a bunch of those were pumps. Um, he ends up being the guy that, like, wins the LCS MVP. Um, not the guys they spend a bunch of money on. So, um, but, I mean, that's how you win, is spend a bunch of money and develop players. And they turned their, their whole thing around. They were shitty, shitty, shitty two years ago, and now they're in the, in the World Series. Um and if they keep hitting, it's very, very hard to keep up with them that way. Um, I don't know anything about the D-backs. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I, like, we could play a game where Case or Allen names the D-backs, like names players, and I don't know how far I would get. Um Obviously, I've covered, you know, the major leagues professionally, um, but I don't know anything about some of the lesser, not as important teams in the National League. And they, even though the D-backs are going to the World Series, they feel like that. Um, like, I couldn't go long on the Rockies. And I, D-backs are a little better than that. I know, here, let's just do it. Corbin Carroll's one. Zach Gallen, two. Um, Alec Thomas, three. Lourdes Guriel four. Um, there's like a Perdomo, Gerardo Perdomo. I might have made that up. Five. Um, the pitcher, the white guy, the guy with the white, the white guy with a very white name. Um, oh shit, what's his name? It's not Wheeler. It's something like that. Okay, that didn't count. Um, they have like. There, there's a guy named Fat, like the the guy named Fat, Fat or Fat or something like that, like pitched four innings in Game Seven. I, like, who is he? Who is that guy? Like, I don't know anything about him. 
Um, anyway, I don't know if I would have gotten much deeper with that. Um, I think everybody thought the Phillies were going to win the series. They came in real hot. The vibes were real high. They're just hitting homers every single game. But this is an example of what, when your team is built on homers, when the bats go cold, there's not much left. Um, also, Ketel Marte, that's another that's another Diamondback. Shout out to me for that. Um, as we saw with the Twins, when the team is built on homers, the offense is predicated on hitting the ball out of the ballpark. When the bats go cold, there's, no, there's nothing happening. Nothing happens. Um, let me look. The last few games of this series... The Phillies scored a total of three three runs in two games. It sounds very familiar in terms of like what the Twins were going through. The bats just weren't batting. Um, obviously, they blew up in Game Five, six runs, a couple of homers, this, this, and this. Um, but really, nothing. You know, Game Three, they also scored one run. Um, it hasn't. Ben, it wasn't the offense that you expected to see from them. I think they had a, a nine or ten spot or something like that early in the series. But um, when the sort of got to nut cutting time, the offense just didn't kind of show up the way you expected to, and it was a lot of strikeouts, a lot of offers from guys that were hitting a bunch of homers in the series before. For example, um, Castellanos I think had an over twenty something like that. Um, <clears throat> when you rely on homers and not on guys getting on base, then there's not a lot to sort of... Most guys that are really big homers, um, homer guys that are cheap, obviously there's guys that hit homers that are really good all around, and that's why those players are really expensive. But if you're building your team on value and, and getting all these guys and you, and you really value the home run, that means a lot of those guys are going to come with really high strikeout rates. And so when he's not hitting homers and he's striking out a lot, and when that sort of happens for the entire team, then you get nights like the past couple nights for the Philly where they don't score anything. Um, and against really, really good postseason pitching and good bullpens, um, which apparently the Diamondbacks have. I don't know any of their names because I don't know anything about them, but that's what happens. That's what happened to Twins. It is where it is. Um Anything else on baseball? Any notes? I just have um, buying guys works, so spending money. Good idea. Which actually the Diamondbacks didn't spend, haven't spent that much money, so I don't know. Um, Wolves, Timberwolves. Um, they lost tonight. Neither team scored over 100. Um, Well, I'll talk about the game, and um, and then I'll talk about a little bit of a season preview things I want to like look for in the, in the Wolves season. Um, Ninety-seven and ninety-four. Um, I'm not going to talk to you about every Wolves game like this, but this is the opener. Um, Anthony Edwards was really was fine. He was volume based. Um, Eight of twenty-seven is not good, um, but he did get twenty-six points and. Did get 14 rebounds. Um, so, like, decent counting stats, I suppose. But um, the offense in general was not efficient. A lot of mistakes. Looked kind of gross in the half court. Um, when the Toronto defense understandably keyed in on Anthony Edwards, there wasn't a lot to left from the other guys to sort of keep up with that and, and provide a second option. Um Defensively, team looks good, but offensively, it's in the half court. It's just a little bit, uh, it's a little bit. What's going on? It's a little bit. This is not working, and they don't run enough in transition with the two seven footers to to really keep up with that. Um, and so there's going to be games where offensively, it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit 2005. Um, like it kind of feels like a Kobe, like a Kobe Bryant taking on all the offensive load around a team that doesn't really isn't really built that well. Um, I'm talking post-Shaq before Powell Lakers, I guess, um, for this random comparison. Um, which also, that type of thing worked a lot better in 2005 than it does now because teams, like, spacing is all a thing. And um, teams understand offensive efficiency a lot more than they did. Um, 
so that happened, and that's obviously it's game one, and who cares? Like it doesn't matter. Um, eighty-two game season, etc. Um, these guys haven't played, although they were five and zero in the preseason, so maybe they have. Um, but you know it is what it is. Um, it's just a little bit more concerning because that's exactly the type of thing that was happening last year. Um, and so this is now the start of the preview. This team is too talented to be like in its way as much it is as it is. Um, Cat and Rudy do too many of the same things, but not enough that either of them can be that guy individually. And but they don't really work together. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't. It doesn't. The team is talented. There's a lot of good players, but it, they're just kind of in their own way um, because it doesn't collectively makes sense basketball wise um and so a few things to watch this season are how long are cat and gobert both on the team i think it's more likely that well the problem the problem with trading either of them is that um if you trade cat and obviously you'd get people back but just assume that cat's gone gobert isn't a good enough offensive player to provide a reliable second option to Anthony Edwards. And nobody else on the team really is. Obviously, you'd have to get somebody back in trade, but as it stands, nobody else really is that good second option offensively. If you trade Gobert, Cat is a great, a perfect second option for a really talented guard. That would offensively work really well. But it just doesn't really make sense defensively. And um, this would be a team that would not be very good defensively if that happened. And we've kind of seen how that can be problematic for the Timberwolves in the past when, you know, that Pat Bev play-in game year where they just couldn't defend anything. Um, and so that kind of stopped him from taking the next step. Guys like Jaden McDaniels help with that. Guys like Nas Reed are kind of a little bit of... Nas Reed if you pair them with either of these guys can kind of fill in the spots where the other guys don't excel, but right now it's not working for him because he's coming off the bench as a third big. It's just kind of weird. Um, I think that one of them should get traded. Obviously you look for a little bit back. If you're trading Gobert, you look for a defensive guy back, but why would they trade for Gobert if they were getting a defense, if they were giving rid of a defensive guy? I don't know. But, um, if you're trading for Cat, I think it's a little bit easier to get some offensive weapons that can fill the role elsewhere on the court, maybe, than in the paint. And then you just kind of work around Gobert as a center and four out, one in type of thing. Um, the next thing is Anthony Edwards has to become one of the best players in the league. If this team is going to be like relevant in any kind of way. It's very rare to have like a top four seed in either conference that doesn't have a top 15 player. And it's even more rare to have a... NBA champion not have a top eight player say we've seen how like good and how together and how like cohesive the Miami Heat teams have been in the past few years and then they just run into a team that has a better player than they do um and you just see that Jimmy Butler as great as he is in the postseason he's not a top eight player or he's right on that edge and when you come across a Jokic it's just there's no match. And so Anthony Edwards has to be that guy that is that can be the best player in every series, every playoff series um, they're in. Um, it's probably going to be a few years, but I think the big thing this year is to see how big of a leap he gets, he makes towards that. Can you make a leap kind of like Shea Gilgis Alexander did last year with the Thunder, where all of a sudden he's one of the best scorers in the league? Um, and I think he can. Um, and this team will go very different ways depending on how big of a leap he makes. Um, I think a lot of that also is affected by like how the offense is. Something needs to be fixed. And like you don't want to get in the way of Nas Reed. That's one thing though. But if the offense just isn't working well, you're getting in the way of Cat or of Anthony Edwards too because playing against defenses that are tilted against him is going to be a lot harder than sort of playing with a little bit more freedom because there's other options around him. Um, Leonard Miller, um, I've been informed as by more knowledgeable basketball people, more informed Wolves people, that he was supposed to be really good and that he didn't play in this entire game. Um, people are saying, like, oh, like, you can get rid of Cap because Leonard Miller's going to, like, 
fill in the offense for him this being the 33rd pick in the second round pick in the most recent draft like a 610 wing who apparently can shoot really well um well he didn't play so like i guess not maybe that was not real i mean guys like this rookies whatever uh especially not high picks like it takes him takes a minute usually um but i mean to think that i, I mean the hype train was a little bit out of control it seems we're not even playing him there's a big difference between not playing and him being a real important player um dudes like josh minot are also not playing am i supposed to believe that he's going to change the team in any in any meaningful way um no um before we uh close this out i want to check out the the wolves win total wolves win total do you think that'll work it says we have zero wins. That's not what I asked for, dummy. And I will tell, I have not looked at this number ahead of time. I will say whether it seems like a lot or a little. 44 and a half, 45 and a half on Caesars, 44 and a half most other places, it seems. Um... That's about where I'd put it. <laughs> I think this team can win like 48. I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, I think, yeah. I would say, I would say, I would say over. And I feel like I've said over on every, um, I, I just sit here and say over on every Minnesota team. I said over on the Vikings. We'll see about that. But I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic at this point. Um, I just feel like the problems are figure outable, and there's a huge chance that um, I actually no, I'm not sure they're figure outable. The problems are figure outable if you trade either Cat or Rudy, which is possible. Um, but there's also just like the possibility of Edwards taking a huge step forward that gets this team in the realm of like 50 wins, and man, um, eh, 50 is probably too many, but like 48 wins, um, 47 wins in there. Um, and I think that type of thing, if it were to happen, um, would change a lot of like how this team is viewed in the NBA as a whole, but certainly um, to fans and like whether we feel like we have a shot. Because Anthony Edwards turning into a legit top 15 player, kind of already is, legit top 10 player, um, is kind of the leap that we're waiting to happen. And um, it's not like he's any like late on that or anything like he's certainly on pace to where he needs to be but if that type of thing happens this year that changes things in a huge way for the win total um that's my advice i'm not a gambler i suck at gambling so it is what it is um anything else that i was supposed to talk about oh almost forgot post game quick post game this week um and it's a it's a good it's a positive post game it's a good thing um I realized like last week that there's a Cane's, a Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, like 10 minutes away from my apartment. And I do not know how I did not know this beforehand. I do not know what took me so long to realize this. I think when I moved to Miami a year ago, a year and a half ago, whatever, um, I like looked up to see if there was a Cane's and there was one like opening up in Miami Beach. And if you know anything about Miami, um, going to Miami Beach is like a huge pain in the ass if you don't live in Miami Beach. And even if you do, getting around Miami Beach sucks. The traffic is horrible. Um, there's not enough space. There's a lot of crazy people. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, this, there's one downtown Miami Beach. Like, I am I will never go there. I, I used to drive like 45 minutes out of my way from Northfield, Minnesota to Apple Valley, Minnesota to get canes uh, with the boys. Um, and that's like way better than an equivalent 45 minutes up to Miami beach. Cause it's just traffic and 45 minutes can turn into an hour, hour 15 very quickly. Um, depending on how traffic goes and one person gets an accident and everything's screwed. Um, also there's just like random parties all the time in Miami beach that just like take up blocks. Um, which when that was like for Argentina winning the world cup, that was kind of sick. That was a vibe. Um, and I actually 
drove to Miami Beach specifically for that. But there was a case in Miami Beach. I was like, I'm never going to go. Look it up again, just like randomly two weeks ago because somebody else asked like, oh, is there canes? I was like, no, I there's one in Miami Beach, I think. Like, I'll look it up, show you where it is. All of a sudden, there's two more out of nowhere that are just, like, new locations. One of them's 10 minutes away from me, um, also right near the house of a student I teach. I've just been, get, I've been getting canes a bunch. And, uh, um, I mean, it's electric. Canes, for me, you know, we could do fast food power rankings. I'm sure I'd make a lot of friends with that. But um, canes, for me, is, like, right at the top of the list in terms of fast food places, you just get a box combo, two toast, no slaw, extra cane sauce. And, I mean, that's that's one of the best meals you can have. I'd take that over multiple fancy restaurants. Um, probably have that for my birthday. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge, huge development in the in the um, internal and post um, world. Just a lot of a lot of cane's been eaten recently. Um Not an ad, but sponsor the show. Sure, why not? Sp- show is uh, presented by Cane's Chicken, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Um, also, tried. It's been a minute since I tried the Cania combo. I used to, I used to go to when we used to go to Cane's in undergrad um, or in college uh, with the Saint Olaf boys. Um, they used to call me a bitch if I didn't order the Cania combo, so I ordered it every time. Basically, like, starve myself all day. Um, I was like 140 pounds trying to eat six chicken fingers, two pieces of toast, and like a half pound of fries. Um, and it wasn't, it didn't work most of the time unless I like starved myself that entire day. I think I'm like three for seven all time in, in ordering the Kenya combo and fi- actually finishing it. Um, ordered it the other day, um, with my friends that are girls here and they were like, that's disgusting. You're disgusting. Quit burping, quit farting. I would, I legitimately like eat that shit so fast, like with Sprite. And so like the burps are like probably once every 20 seconds. Um, and like loud and, and getting a lot of like air out. Um, so I have to eat the chicken fingers really quickly if I'm going to like trick myself into not being full by the time I get to the fries. And then the, the fries are just where you die. You got to mix them in really, but you got to be disciplined. Anyway, um, I failed. I could have succeeded, and if they were not, if the if the girls were not calling me gross the whole time, I probably like would have succeeded. I probably would have just gone forward with it. But I was like, realistically, I'm not going to enjoy these fries that I'm not going to finish. And the boys aren't here to call me a bitch if I don't. And the girls are calling me disgusting for even trying. So maybe I'll just like quit. So I, I'm three for eight now all time at finishing the Kenya combo. But the boys aren't here, so I'll probably just be ordering box combos mostly from now on. But um. Yeah, Kane's so back in my life, which is actually electric. Um, is there a chicken emoji? There is chicken emoji. Peace.